Welcome to the How to Stop Being Broke podcast, where the mission is to change your mindset about how you manage your finances so you can build a financial future that you can be proud of. My name is Bella Jones and I am your host. So relax, sit back, and let's jump into today's conversation. Hey, 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 so we are back for another episode and in today's episode, we are going to talk about protecting your assets. When you are in this financial journey, right? You're trying to build up your savings, you're trying to invest and build wealth, maybe you have started your own business, you're trying to become a homeowner, or maybe you are already a homeowner. And so you are essentially trying to increase your net worth by building up your assets. But one thing that many of us don't think about is having insurance. You really want to make sure to protect your assets as you are working so hard to acquire them, right? But unfortunately, many people don't think about insurance until after the fact, meaning something has happened, they've lost a lot of money or they've lost their assets and then they wish they had the proper insurance. So in today's conversation, I am specifically going to focus on homeowners insurance, renters insurance and car insurance. Now, while I could talk about life insurance, I feel as though life insurance needs its own separate episode. So look out for that in a future segment. So today we're just going to focus on those three that I just mentioned. So when it comes to insurance, I believe there are five main areas you should ultimately focus on. So the first thing you want to focus on is making sure that you understand what product is going to meet the needs that you have at the time. The next thing you want to focus on is making sure you have the right amount of coverage, right? There's one thing to actually have insurance, but it is another thing to actually have enough coverage to protect the assets that you have actually acquired. The next thing is finding the right company whose values align with yours. They offer the product that you need and they do offer competitive rates. Next, you want to focus on making sure you have the appropriate documentation. And of course, we'll go into more detail later on in this episode. And last but not least, you want to make sure that you have your beneficiaries identified for all of your assets. So let's jump right into it. So. The first thing I want to talk about is homeowners insurance. I can definitely tell you that coming into homeownership almost five years ago, we made a huge mistake when it came to the insurance that we had on our home. So the first thing that we did when we had to secure a homeowners insurance policy, we went through our current company that we had for car insurance. We were hoping to get a great deal by bundling right our services. And I made the notorious mistake of not really shopping around for prices. I just knew that the company that we had, 
their car insurance rates were really competitive. So I had assumed that their homeowner's insurance would be equally competitive. So I didn't feel the need to shop around. So we paid for the policy, sent the information over to the underwriting because we were right in the process of closing on the home. And then the broker called me and said, why did you pay so much for your homeowner's insurance policy? And I said, well, we went with our car insurance company. They're competitive. So I thought the price was good. I didn't really shop around, so I didn't really question it. He said, you are paying two to three times what you should be paying. My mind was blown. So he put me in contact with an insurance broker. We met this amazing lady. She gave us this policy. It was very, very affordable. It was definitely about a third of the price of what we paid for the other policy. So we went ahead, we went with them. Didn't really do much research in regards to what kind of coverage we had. We just knew that the coverage was enough to cover our home in the event that something happened. The rate was extremely affordable in comparison to the other policies. So we figured we were all set. So fast forward, that policy was in effect for about three years before it was up for quote unquote renewal. And then I decided to just shop around. I'm not really sure what prompted me to do that. I guess it's because I normally shop around with everything that we have, but being new into home ownership, shopping around for that policy, I'm not really sure why it didn't dawn on me, but I'm not perfect, so it was what it was, right? So I started to shop around for new policies and all the policies or the prices that I was getting were extremely more expensive than the one that we currently have. And something just didn't feel right with that. So I had called like a, I think my third or fourth insurance company, went through the quote process and I said to the agent that, you know, this policy you're, you're quoting me is so much more expensive than what we currently have. So unfortunately, you know, I'm gonna have to stick with what we currently have. And so this agent, when I say the customer service was stellar and that this person really went above and beyond to make sure that I understood what I had and that I was comfortable before ending that phone call. Listen, it speaks volumes. If more companies had agents like this one, the world would be a different place. So long story short, I was on the phone for over an hour with this person and we went through so many things. So I literally went to our current homeowner's policy, read things line by line, compared it to the quote that he was giving us, this new company, and lo and behold, the reason why the prices were so different was because of the type of policy that we had currently versus the policy the agent was quoting us for. So when it comes to having home ownership, homeowner's insurance, you can actually have two different types of coverage, generally speaking. I'm sure there's more nuances, but high level, we'll just kind of walk through these two. So in the event you have to file a claim, there are two types of coverages that you can have. You can have depreciated value coverage, 
or you can have market value coverage. And these two are extremely different. So let's say you need to file a claim. And in this example, we'll talk about a TV. So let's say you have this big screen TV, you paid, I don't know, $2,000 for it, maybe five years ago. And now you need to file a claim because something happened to the TV amongst other things that you have in your home. So if you were to have depreciated value coverage, your insurance company is going to look at that TV and what the value of that TV is today. And that is the dollar amount they are going to essentially give you when they are reimbursing you or paying out your claim versus market value the insurance company will see the TV and find one that is comparable, that is being sold today, and they're going to give you the market value today of a comparable TV. Like what would you have to pay today to replace that television? I hope that makes sense. So as you can see, those are gonna be two different checks they're going to offer you. If you bought a big screen TV, let's say five years ago and you pay $2,000 for it, that TV might be worth a couple of hundred dollars today. Maybe, right? Versus if they're trying to replace that same exact TV today, that TV might cost $1,500, right? So depending upon the coverage that you have, it's essentially going to drive how much money the insurance is going to pay out for your claim. And if you do not know what kind of coverage you have, I really want you to, at the end of this episode or during this episode, go to your online portal, log into your account, and literally read your policy. If you're after reading that policy, you still aren't sure, call your insurance company. You need to make sure you understand what kind of coverage that you have. So with all of that being said, the policy that we had, the reason why it was so cheap is because we had depreciated value coverage. And that is why it was so much cheaper versus a the policy that the agent was, the new policy, sorry, that the agent was quoting us was going to give us market value coverage. And to take it one step further, this particular company, they don't even offer depreciated value coverage. They only offer market value coverage. And while it might be great to save money, right, by having a depreciated value coverage policy, when you need to file a claim, God forbid, right, you are not going to get much money when the insurance pays out that claim. So if you have money that you can replace everything in your house, then maybe the, the depreciated value coverage might be okay for you. But if not, you might wanna go ahead and sign up for market value coverage. Now, of course, as a financial strategy coach, I can't tell you which one to go with, but I can tell you, I know what we went with and we decided to go with a new company and we signed up for market value coverage. That just aligns with our budgets right now our lifestyles right now, and it gives us enough coverage for the asset that we own, which is our house, plus the personal property that we own in our house as well.
So the next part when it comes to homeowners insurance is making sure that you have enough coverage. Now, when you initially get your policy, right, the insurance company is going to assess the value of your home and that is going to determine the coverage they're going to give you. But you want to also keep this in mind as your years of homeownership progresses. As you start to make upgrades, you do renovations, right? This is going to increase the value of your home, which means you're going to need additional coverage, right? So if you did not have an extension when you first got your policy, and now you have this major renovation done, you have a new extension, a new roof, right? You want to make sure that the policy is going to cover the new house that you essentially have in the event something was to happen, you had to file a claim. So making sure that you are always reevaluating your coverage. Now this is not only for home ownership. I mean, homeowner's policy, this can go for any policy, honestly. You want to make sure that it aligns with where you are currently and you're always reevaluating to make sure that the policy is basically keeping up with your new lifestyle. And then also some renovations may actually qualify you for discounts on your homeowner's policy, right? So this is why you want to also make sure that your insurance company is aware of any updates and upgrades that you may make. So let's talk about appropriate documentation. So besides um, having coverage for the actual house, your homeowner's insurance policy will also cover your personal property. So it really would make sense for you to take some time to take pictures of the things that you have in your home, especially if you are at a point where you don't have receipts for a lot of it, you want to at least have proof that you did own these things. So that way, when you do have to file a claim, you can provide at least the pictures to support the claim that you are filing. And then to take that one step further, I would also recommend creating electronic copies of receipts. So one thing that I do personally, I try to make the majority of my purchases online. So at least that way I will always have at least an email receipt to show proof of purchase or at least I can log into my account online and get the receipt there as well. Now, if you are making purchases in a physical store, many companies give you the option to not only have your receipt printed, but to also email the receipt to yourself as well. Now, while it might be annoying to take those couple of extra seconds to enter your email address, that can be game-changing in regards to saving you for, um, from a headache later on. So if a store is offering you the option to have the receipt emailed to you, take the few seconds, just do it. Trust me, you'll thank me later. But again, if you are still getting a paper receipt, one thing that you can do really, really quickly is take a quick picture, right? Saving a receipt when it comes to having a paper receipt you know, those can get lost so easily, they get wrinkled and you can't read it anymore, or you might save it, but over time, the ink is going to fade, the paper will also change color, 
And so it can make your life a lot easier just taking a quick picture. If you are someone that uses a cloud service like Google Drive, right, or Dropbox, you can essentially have these syncing up to a folder specifically just for your receipt. So you have a place that you can always go back to in the event you need to find that receipt later. Now, another thing you are going to want to keep in mind is that if you do have certain things like jewelry, collectibles, artwork, guns, anything like that, you may need a special, what they call writer, to get coverage for those specific items. And if you're not really sure if you need this writer or not, again, call your insurance company to get that clarification. It is better to call to make sure that you are clear versus finding out later that, okay, you have this insurance coverage, but it's not going to cover these other expensive items that you have in your home. One thing I will say when it comes to jewelry, most homeowners insurance policies have a limited dollar amount in regards to how much they're going to cover when it comes to jewelry. So you may want to get a separate policy from a third party to cover your jewelry specifically. I know there are companies that offer very affordable rates to get coverage when it comes to jewelry. And also many of them will not only cover it in regards to damage, it will also cover it if anything is stolen or lost. And many of these companies do not charge a deductible. So of course you're going to want to do some research, but again, call your, call your current insurance company first, understand what is and what is not covered, and then kind of assess if you need to purchase additional coverage either with your current company or get a separate policy through a third party. Now, if you are not a homeowner, but you do have renter's insurance, you also want to do some due diligence in regards to making sure you understand what your policy covers from a personal property perspective. So again, making that phone call, getting clear to make sure you understand is definitely going to help you from headaches down the road. So let's talk about car insurance, right? So if you have a vehicle, you must have car insurance. Now the price of your policy is going to be based upon a few different things, right? They base it upon the year, make and model of your car. They also base it on the driving records of the individuals that are on the policy. So two different things that you are going to see when it comes to car insurance is you can have full coverage or liability only. Now, if you are currently financing your car, meaning that you have borrowed money from a bank or a lender, and you are essentially paying back this loan, you are legally required to have full coverage insurance. The bank has to make sure that they're going to receive or recoup their money in the event that car is totaled, right? And there are also things that you are going to want to get as well or consider, things like gap insurance. And let's talk about that for a second. So when it comes to gap insurance, it's going to basically cover the gap from the depreciated value of the car versus what you actually owe on the loan. So let's say you have a $20,000 loan on a vehicle 
and you are about three years into the loan, you have one year left. Now, even though you may have paid 20,000 for that vehicle, three years later, it does not mean that that car is still worth $20,000. The value is going to drop dramatically three years later. So let's say in this example, you owe, I don't know, $6,000 left on the car in your last year of the loan. I'm making up these numbers. I haven't calculated anything, but just doing some quick numbers here. So let's say you owe $6,000. And let's say you total the car, the insurance company comes in and they'd say, based upon the value of the car today, we're going to pay you $3,000. But now if the insurance only gives you $3,000, but you still owe $6,000 to the bank, someone has to pay the bank back that additional $3,000 and that somebody is going to be you. But now if you purchase this gap insurance, that bank or that, not bank, but that company is going to essentially pay the bank that $3,000 gap, right? So you might wanna think about getting that additional coverage as well. I have seen many people who got burned by not having gap insurance. So if you are buying a vehicle that you're financing or if you're financing a vehicle, you may want to consider gap insurance on top of the full coverage that you need when you are financing a car. The other kind of coverage that you have is liability only. So liability only basically means your car is not going to get any kind of repair in the event that there is an accident. The insurance company is only going to pay money to the other party in the event you are at fault. So that means if you were to get into a car accident and you only have liability only insurance, your car, you're not going to recoup any money from the insurance company. They are only going to pay out money in the event you are at fault and the other party has damage to their car. So liability only isn't a bad thing. If you have a car that's much older and it doesn't have much retail value, paying for full coverage may not make sense. Because again, liability only insurance is much cheaper than full coverage. So definitely keep that in mind if you are someone who has paid off your car and maybe you still have full coverage, Depending upon the value of your car, you may not want to continue paying for full coverage. Then the next thing I wanna talk about when it comes to car insurance is certain modifications that you make to your vehicle may need a special rider as well. If you are someone who likes to have your car souped up, as they say, maybe you added a spoiler, maybe you have rims, maybe you made some engine modifications, you are going to want to speak to your car insurance company to understand if they, if your current policy is going to cover your car with these modifications. Now, of course, you don't have to do that. You can kind of wait till something happens and find out the hard way, but you are taking a chance. Now, I am not an insurance agent or specialist. I am literally speaking from my own personal experiences when it comes to homeowner's insurance and car insurance. But again, these are things you want to keep in mind when it comes to having insurance. So now I want to give you some additional tips in regards to either your homeowners, renters, or car insurance policy. 
So the first thing I would say, you should review your coverage every one to three years, right? You want to make sure you have the right product for where you are right now and that you have the right coverage that you need. You also should shop around to make sure that you are getting the best rate possible, right? I have found that by shopping around, we have saved ourselves thousands of dollars over the years. So you definitely want to make this a habit. And then this other tip, I've said it probably like three or four times already in this episode, but again, you want to make sure you fully understand what you currently have and make adjustments if necessary. I want to really emphasize, do not be afraid to ask questions. You are literally paying these companies your hard earned money. So something isn't clear or you need to verify something or you need to understand something, you as a consumer need to call and make sure you are truly clear on what you currently have. And last but not least, I would say it is really important to keep hard and soft copies of your policies. So a hard copy is going to be a physical copy, a paper copy. So that means printing it out. I know that we're trying to, you know, save the trees and be eco-friendly, but having a hard copy and keeping it in a fireproof safe is really important. You never know what life is going to throw your way. So just having that hard copy at least for me, gives me a sense of security. Then of course, you also want to have soft copies. Now, while you can, you know, go into each account and look at your policies, I recommend whenever your policy renews, download a copy and upload it to a Google Drive folder, iCloud, Dropbox, so that way you have a central location for everything. And then if you have a spouse, right? Make sure you grant your spouse access to that same shared folder so they can access the policies at any given time. And so I want to round out this episode by talking about beneficiaries. Now you want to make sure that your other assets, right? Your bank accounts, retirement accounts, investment accounts, insurance policies, you want to make sure that you actually one assign beneficiaries, and two, make sure you reevaluate the beneficiaries that you have identified. I know for myself, I recently went into one of my checking accounts, I opened it like two years ago, and I do not have beneficiaries identified. So I literally had to go in there and you know identify the beneficiaries, and I'm not sure why I didn't do it before now, but I'm just sharing this with you. So if you are someone that has, like I said, a bank account, saving account, retirement account, right? All these accounts that you might have, if you have not gone in and assigned your beneficiaries, I really want to encourage you to do so. You never know what's going to happen. Tomorrow isn't promised, and it will really make life easier for the loved ones that you you leave behind by making sure you have identified the beneficiaries. And also you want to review this periodically, whether once a year, once every couple of years, make sure you're still comfortable with the beneficiaries you have listed. And if you are dividing the asset 
amongst a few beneficiaries, making sure that you have the percentage allocations in a way that you are comfortable with. So this is already getting to be a very long episode, so I definitely am going to wrap this up, but I do hope you found some value in this episode, and I wanna thank you for stopping by, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the How to Stop Being Broke podcast. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to future conversations like the one we have today, make sure to subscribe because it is time for you to stop being broke and create a financial future you can be proud of.